welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Well, this is the last Sunday of the year. Next Sunday, we'll be in a new year. My guess is that for some of us, that hardly seems possible. Wasn't it just yesterday when we were in a tizzy over Y2K and the beginning of a new millennium? On the other hand, it, it seems like a lifetime ago. So what are we doing to get ready to celebrate in this new year? You know, I hope we're approaching this new year with a positive attitude. You know, it's said that Christopher Columbus kept a diary on his way to the new world. It wasn't an easy voyage. You know, the men were on the verge of mutiny. Many of them wanted to turn around. Every day, they say that the last entry that Columbus would write in his log was, today we moved westward. Well, I hope you're able to write in your journal each day this past year, I moved forward. You know, it hasn't been an easy year, and some of us have had quite a difficult year, but we can still move forward, if not physically or financially, at least mentally and spiritually. And with God's help, well, this will be our best year yet. And that's my prayer for each one of you watching today. With the changing of the year, let's talk, let's talk for a moment about time. You know, the older we get, the faster time seems to fly. You know, when you're four or five years of age, time moves slowly. You know that there's 362 days until next Christmas? Well, that's an eternity when you're a child, but when you're 60, 70, or 80, a year seems like no time at all. Next Christmas will be here before we know it. I think it was Albert Einstein who introduced us to the idea that time is relative. You know, sometimes his theory of relativity has been reduced to an example of a young man sitting for a moment on a hot stove versus sitting for a moment on the lap of a pretty girl or something like that. You know, one moment can seem very long while the other seems very short. Now, I'm not sure that's exactly what Einstein meant, but he did show us that time is relative. According to his theory, as I understand it, I'm no scientist, if we could travel at a velocity approaching the speed of light, then time would slow down. What do I mean by slowing down? Well, someone has given this example, that if an astronaut was launched at high speed into space, well, he would return measurably younger than his twin brother who was left at home. Now, that may sound appealing to those of us who want to be younger. Of course, that means you'd have to launch yourself into outer space to experience this phenomenon. And someone turned this idea into a limerick, and they, they wrote, there was a young girl named Miss Bright who could travel much faster than light. She departed one day in an Einsteinian way and came back the previous night. 
Now, the unknown author of that limerick may have taken a little poetic license, but it captures the general idea. Another scientist who has written extensively on time was Stephen Hawking, that brilliant physicist. In fact, he wrote a book entitled A Brief History of Time. Now, apparently, Hawking, that amazing intellect, was an avid fan of the cartoon show The Simpsons and even made appearances on the show. Apparently, they say he would attend table readings of The Simpsons. That's the cartoon equivalent of a dress rehearsal. There's a story, I'm not sure if it's true, that says that one day Hawking's was upwards of 30 minutes late to the rehearsal. And as the other actors were sitting around waiting for him, one of the actors looked at his watch and quipped, does this man have no concept of time? Well, Obviously, he does have a concept of time. Quite literally, he wrote the book on the subject. But for most of us, however, the passage of time is a mysterious affair which we will never fully comprehend. Have you ever attended a time management seminar? You know, the title suggests that we can manage time. Now, these workshops on time management are generally known by a different name nowadays, such as you know, managing multiple priorities. That's because someone finally figured out that time is not really something we can manage. All we can do is manage our priorities within the time that we have been given. How successfully we manage those priorities determines to a great extent how successful we are in life. You know, the Bible has something to say about time management. In the 90th Psalm, in verse 12, here's what it says. It says, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Well, there's a good memory verse for the new year. Now, our lesson for today comes from Paul's letter to the Galatian church. And he there speaks of time, not the passage of time or the relativity of time or even the management of time. In this letter, Paul speaks with regards to the fulfillment of time. He writes here in Galatians chapter 4, beginning at verse 1, I'm saying that as long as the heirs are minors, they are different from slaves, though they really are the owners of everything. However, they are placed under trustees and guardians until the date set by the parents. In the same way, when we were minors, we were also enslaved by this world system. But when the fulfillment of time came, God sent his son born through a woman and born under the law. This was so he could redeem those under the law so that we could be adopted because you are sons and daughters. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, 
but a son or daughter. And if you are his child, then you are also an heir through God. What an important passage that is. It says, but when the fulfillment of time came. Um, many people prefer the King James version of this phrase when it says, when the fullness of time was come. Both versions are basically saying, when the time God had chosen had arrived, God sent Christ into the world. Christ came at the right time. He came at the perfect time in human history. God had already, had already been at work for thousands of years, bringing about just the right conditions for his birth. The prophets had testified to the Jewish people that out of David's line, a savior would be born, and of his kingdom, well, there would be no end. So when the Savior was born, Jews were scattered throughout the known world. In every major city, there was a synagogue. And this was the first place that the early Christian evangelists went to proclaim this new faith. It is clear biblically that there was no other faith than the Jewish faith from which Christianity could have originated. The stage was also set culturally for his coming. About 300 years before Christ, a son was born to a Macedonian king named Philip. The son was called Alexander. We know him as Alexander the Great. It took Alexander, what, 12 years or so to conquer the known world of his time? He spread the Greek language over most of the civilized world. Greek became the international language by which the gospel could be communicated. In the gospels themselves, particularly in the writings of Paul, we can see the influences of Greek philosophy and thought. Greek culture broke down some of the barriers of nationalism. The influence of Alexander helped pave the way for the coming of Christ. Well, then, then came the great Roman Empire. The Romans furnished a system of law which made it possible for the gospel to grow in relative stability. Not long before Christ's birth, Julius Caesar built roads that made commerce possible all over the empire. And these roads, well, they facilitated travel by those first Christian missionaries. Christ's birth came at the perfect time. But when the fulfillment of time came, God sent his son, born through a woman and born under the law. This was so he could redeem those under the law so that we could be adopted. So notice why Christ came. He came that we might become sons and daughters of God. What a great message for the beginning of a new year. Because of Jesus, you and I now, we're the sons and daughters of God. 
What does that say to you? What does that mean to you? I have to confess that it's difficult for me to think of myself as a son of God. Now, I suspect that's because I don't want to make it sound like I'm on Christ's level. He is the unique son of God. I can think of myself easily as a child of God. That seems humble enough, but son of God? Wow, that's difficult. Indeed, in our society, we lock people up for claiming to be Jesus. You know, there's a, a famous story about a, a man that a psychologist was working with who claimed to be Jesus. The psychologist asked him, are you Jesus? The man answered, well, yes, my son. The psychologist said, well, I'll be right back. Well, this left the man a little bit confused. Within three or four minutes, the psychologist came back holding a measuring tape, asking the man to hold out his arms. He measured the length of his arms and his height from head to toe. And after that, the psychologist left again. Well, the man claiming to be Christ became a little concerned. A little while later, the psychologist comes back. He's got a hammer, some large spiked nails, and a set of boards. He began to pound them together in the form of the cross. The man asked him, what are you doing? The psychologist asked, are you Jesus? The man said, yes, my son. The psychologist said, then you know why I'm here and what I'm doing. Suddenly, a wave of recognition swept across the patient's face. He stepped back and shouted, no, 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 I'm not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. You see, saying that we are children of God is no problem, but saying that we are sons of daughters of God, well, that may be problematic for some of us. Of course, we're not claiming to be on Christ's level, but neither are we worms of the dust. We are God's elect, to use another term that Paul uses to describe us. We need to see ourselves as God sees us. It would make a difference in this new year and how we live our lives. We are sons and daughters of the King of Kings. In 2006, ABC News carried a fascinating story about a young woman named Sarah Culberson. Adopted two days after her first birthday, Sarah grew up the youngest daughter in a very close-knit family in Morgantown, West Virginia. Sarah was surrounded by love in her home, but always wondered about her roots. Now, like many adopted children, she wanted to learn about her birth parents. And at age 22, she decided to begin the search. She quickly learned that her mother had died a dozen years earlier from cancer. Sarah was crushed. But a few years later, a private investigator helped her locate her birth father along with an unbelievable surprise. You see, Sarah wasn't an average suburban girl. Sarah was a princess. Her father, 
was a ruling member of the Mende tribe in Sierra Leone. And he was living in Africa. By birthright, Sarah was royalty. She could one day be known as the paramount chief in a country she'd never seen. Talking with ABC's Robin Roberts on Good Morning America, Sarah said it took a while to process the shock of discovering her biological dad. For one thing, she says, it took a couple of years to kind of deal with finding my father and having two dads. Well, her African father invited her to come to Africa to meet her family there. So when Sarah arrived in Sierra Leone, the entire community came out to welcome its princess. A happy homecoming for the American girl who never knew that by searching for her birth parents, she'd find the meaning of her own identity. They were amazing, Sarah says, remembering her first impression of the people. There were about 200 to 300 people there, all there to welcome me. They were singing and dancing, and, and I was like, what did I do to deserve this? Now, while she found Sierra Leone beautiful and exciting, it was also heartbreaking. Sarah saw people suffering from a horrible civil war. She wanted to help. She started a nonprofit foundation to assist the people of Sierra Leone. Sarah says her West Virginia family, who could have resented her search for her birth parents, has stuck by her through her discovery. They're like angels she says. They said they would support her in whatever she wanted to do. For other adoptees who try to find their biological parents, she cautions them that they should not go into a search expecting anything. I had no expectations. I didn't even know if I'd get a return phone call, she says. Well, Sarah's search, however, resulted in a new life and a, a new mission helping the people in Sierra Leone. For her, being a princess means doing her part. The title princess means responsibility, she says, and that's what I'm taking on. The title princess does mean responsibility. I mean, so does the title son of God or or daughter of God. You and I, we have responsibilities as God's children. But what a gift we have been given. Some of you will remember the scene there in The Lion King where Simba, the young lion, is being challenged to go back home and, and be the king that he was born to be. And Simba had run from his destiny. The struggle in confronting his mean uncle was just too difficult. But in that memorable scene that represents a turning point in Simba's life, he looks into the water and he sees a subtle reflection of his father, Mufasa, the king. And Mufasa says to Simba, you have forgotten who you are. Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than what you have become. Remember who you are. And isn't that, isn't that Paul's message to us as, as we end one year and begin another? Remember who 
you are. But when the fulfillment of the time came, God sent his son, born through a woman and born under the law. This was so he could redeem those under the law so that we could be adopted because you are sons and daughters. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son or daughter. And if you are his child, then you are also an heir through God. Look inside yourself. You're more than you think you are because of what Christ has done in our behalf. We are sons or daughters of the King and that carries with it responsibilities. But what an amazing gift. All we have to do is remember who we are. Let's pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you that through Jesus we are adopted into your family and are no longer slaves, but sons and daughters, heirs to the promise of eternal life. Father, may each and every person within the sound of my voice now Accept the gift and the responsibility that comes from being called a child of God. Bless each and every viewer, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. Uh, each and every week we have a resource that we want to make available to you. Uh, something that is going to help you as we journey together on this, you know, this spiritual walk and living our lives and becoming more and more each day worthy of the title of Sons and Daughters of God. And today I have this brand new book. Uh, we've never offered it here before. It's called Celebrations, Living Life to the Fullest. Uh, it uh, is an acronym that... Uh, Celebrations is an acronym, and you're going to have to get the book to figure out what the acronym is, but it's a wonderful little resource for you, a great resource particularly as we begin this brand new year and you look to make some changes in your life and maybe to adopt some new habits into your life. Well, this little book can help you. We'd love to send it to you as a gift. There's no obligation whatsoever on your part. The book is free. It arrives in your home postage paid. If you would like to request, request this book, this gift, pay close attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box, 27030 Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. 
That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. We really appreciate that and all of the efforts you make in, uh, in letting your friends and family know about the program. We really appreciate that. We appreciate the kind words that you send us by phone, by, by email, that encourage us to keep going. And it's hard to believe we've come to the end of another year. The next time we're back together again, it'll be a brand new year. How exciting is that? You know, a uh, couple of things before we go. First of all, let me thank, let me wish you a very happy new year and take advantage of this time to, to spend some precious moments with family, you know, away from the rat race and all of the hustle and bustle. Just make some time to spend with loved ones and, and make some time to spend with the one who created you and is offering us the opportunity to be sons and daughters and no longer slaves. Um, we have our website, l4ltv.com. All of the programs are on the website. You can see all of the previous programs um, on the website. You can request a gift. You can find out where I'll be appearing live. There's a Donate Today tab where you can click on that and buy uh, Interact Debit or by credit card. You can make a donation to our ministry. Uh, knowing that we are a charitable organization, every donation is eligible for a, uh, a charitable donation receipt for income tax purposes. All of the money collected through the ministry goes directly back to the ministry. That means it goes directly to pay for airtime, it goes to pay for studio time, uh, for the gifts. Not one penny of that comes to me in the form of any kind of salary or benefits to me. Uh, I pastor a church, I draw a salary from that. This ministry is a labor of love. And so if you feel so impressed to donate, you can do that right online at the Donate Today tab. Couple of other things, Instagram, follow me on Instagram Every morning, 6.30 in the morning, Eastern Time, we put out a one-minute devotional video, and many people tell me that's how they start their day. And what a great way to get the day started, focusing on the things of God. Like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter. You can download an audio version of the program here on SoundCloud and take it with you and listen to it at your convenience. We also have another aspect to our ministry, which is our overseas humanitarian work. You can check that out by visiting our website, missionnowcanada.com. We have projects underway in the Philippines, Paraguay, Nicaragua. You can get involved in those projects through a donation. You can get involved in those projects by coming along on an upcoming mission trip. You can check that out, missionnowcanada.com. Dot com. We are rapidly running out of time. 
Let me thank you again for joining us and let me wish you all a very happy new year and the best of this holiday season to you and your loved ones. Let's do this again next time. Till then, God bless you. I hope you'll come back again. We'll see you then.